Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats. Coming up, we have another episode of Board Gaming with Education. Super excited for this one. I'm interviewing Scott from North Star Digital Games. He talks about a recent release called Evolution Education Edition. So we go on the journey from Evolution, the board game, into a digital game and then into this now Education Edition. So really excited to talk to Scott because Evolution Education Edition is also a sponsor of this episode. So we've been working a lot the past about two months talking about this game and trying to get the word out about Evolution Education Edition. So if you're curious about the process from bringing a board game into a digital space, be sure to check this out. Or if you are a teacher looking for some sort of resource to be used in your classroom, especially if you're a science teacher, this is a great resource maybe to look at. Or even if you just have some kids at home and you're looking for some way to provide entertainment that is also educational. So we talk about that on the show today. As always, we have a quick update from Board Game with Education. And what I'm going to tell you is go to boardgamewitheducation.com. Sign up for our newsletter because we have some super exciting stuff coming out. I finally am getting my hard drive back. Super excited because they saved the YouTube video that I had almost finished. So that's going to be coming out. I have another one recorded and about edited, ready to go to. We're going to be going live as well. A lot of other opportunities to join in on our community. So in order to do that, you need to be part of our newsletter. So go to boardgamewitheducation.com. It's one of the first things you'll see on our website so you can sign up and join our newsletter. Before we get into the episode, let's hear from our sponsor, Evolution Education Edition. This episode would not be possible without their sponsorship, so I am thrilled to have them as a sponsor. I really, really love Evolution, and now that it is a digital game and an educational digital resource, it makes it a lot more accessible to teachers to be able to bring in their classroom and teach some of these theories and concepts that are in the game. So if you're curious, you can go to evolutionvideogame.com backslash education and check out this education edition of Evolution. There's also a lesson plan that I was able to design and add on to their site too that goes over the cause and effect relationships within an ecosystem. So that's just one part of the game that you can look at ways to build game-based learning experiences around Evolution Education Edition. Again, go check it out. There's It's 50% off right now, and it allows for account switching, which is really great to be able to use with multiple classrooms. So again, evolutionvideogame.com backslash education. Check that out. All right, let's get into the show. So welcome to another episode of Board Game with Education. I am super excited to be here with Scott today. He is someone I had an opportunity to meet at PAX Unplugged last year. So you may have heard his voice before if you listened to that episode. Uh, he is the president of North Star Digital Games, and I'm really excited to talk about their game Evolution that has recently released an education edition. So I think this is a great opportunity to talk to Scott and talk about what this game is all about. 
But before we get there and before we hear a little bit more about that, uh, Scott, I learned that he was a river guide in Idaho. So what what kind of experience maybe might I have if you were my river guide? Uh, it's exactly the opposite of a digital experience, that's for sure. <laughs> You're about as far from any road in the country as you can get. Uh, it's it's really pretty country. Uh, I was on the Salmon River out here in Idaho. And, you know, just, oh, man, the night sky when you're out there on the river, it's something you never see anywhere else. You know, no light pollution. It's it's really gorgeous. It was it was a fun job, um, really great job. But, you know, like any job, it, like any hobby, you turn into a job after a while. It got, it got to be work. We'd have some folks who'd come along and kind of expect like their tent pitches itself, you know, and that kind of thing. And you'd spend a lot of time on the weekend just hauling gear around and cleaning stuff up and cleaning the uh, the pooper for the next trip and that kind of stuff, you know. So it was a great, it was a great young in life job, but also happy to move on and be able to make games now. So, <laughs> right, that's awesome. I I feel like I would envy someone doing that because I love hiking, but I think you you hit it on the head where maybe it would turn into too much of a job, too much work. <laughs> I already I already hate like carrying my own stuff around, so like my hiking gear and all that so yeah yeah any any industry like that i think you're you're kind of always on you know from the moment you wake up in the morning you're entertaining guests you're telling stories around the fire at night you know roasting marshmallows that kind of thing but oh on the water was just fantastic i'm fortunate enough now that a lot of my friends from that area every year we go out and we do a, a river trip or two which just scratches that it's perfect you know perfectly it's a lot of fun, and uh, I, I get to be the, the guest instead of the guide, so it's nice. That's super awesome. Well, uh, let's, I guess, sh- shift gears from nature and outdoors into a digital space. You are the president of North Star Digital Studios. Would you mind just sharing a little bit of more about your background and who you are? You bet. Yeah. Yeah. We're a digital space recreating nature digitally. So I, th- I think there's a, we can, we can make a segue there. Yeah. We've been doing this, oh man, about five years now. And the idea, the idea came about, I used to be, I was with Intel corporation and when tablets were just starting to get started and become a thing, you know, the iPad had just came out and Intel was kind of trying to get into them and working on some different software projects for it. And I went to a mutual friend's wedding with uh, with Dominic, the founder of North Star Games. I was kind of beating him up and telling him, you know, I, I've always shared a love for board games. And we, we played a lot when we went to college together and stuff. And he, he, he knew that. And I was telling him, man, you know, there's so many opportunities of what you could do if you guys could go digital. You know, the experience you could do to give people to walk them through the game, how quickly a game could go and uh, the ability to play online and all these things. And he's like, I know, I know, you know, but I just... You know, he's like, I don't have time to do that. I don't know how to do that. Um, he's like, you do it. And I, I kind of laughed at the time. You know, I got my family over in Portland, Oregon, and I thought about it. And I'm like, man, that sounds fun. That sounds really fun. That's my that's my dream job. That's what I've always wanted to do. So, yeah, we, we packed up the family. We moved across the country to uh, right outside Washington, D.C., and, you know, told my wife, uh, we're going to go make games. She was really excited about that. <laughs> but she was very supportive, which was really cool. And, um, yeah, so we went out there to start up this this new little division. It was going to make digital board games, which, you know, not it's kind of a small little corner of the Internet. Not many people do. But I really felt like, hey, there's an opportunity here for games with a little more intellect behind them, you know, a little bit more substance to them, a little strategy. I mean, there's people looking for that. People tired of like the match threes and, you know, knocking pigs off of 
barrels and that kind of thing. Yeah, so we, we set out to really, we really wanted to bring a little bit higher level to the digital board games out there. We, we, we kind of said we go for a video game polish and a board game. You know, everything is, is animated. You know, we have a tutorial that walks you through as you come in instead of like getting hit by a wall of text and read instructions. You know, it teaches you how to play um, as you go along. We've got a multiplayer that you just push play now. We'll match up with someone the same skill. We put this like a campaign in Island where you go through this island. And as you go through, there's all these different ecosystems in the game that you go and play. And at each ecosystem, we coded a different personality that plays a little bit different style, you know. And so the, the obvious one's the carnivore. It's always very it stands out and a very aggressive personality. And you got to learn how to play against that. And then there's the uh, the propagator that makes a lot of species and there's species everywhere. And you figure out how to play against that. And you, so you play these different styles of the game. You see these different ecosystems. You learn about nature. You learn about the gameplay as you go through the game. Um, so yeah, we're it's been fun. We're pretty proud of of where we've landed with it. That's super cool. I know when I started playing the digital game, the the one before Education Edition, I love that the game kind of introduces you to this idea that there are different AI personalities in the game. So I really tried to play with that and go with my own personality in one of the first early on like levels, I guess. And the computer completely demolished me because I went for the wrong, <laughs> went the wrong strategy. You know, that's that's one thing that a lot of biologists have commented is that one nice thing about the way this game teaches evolution is that you're not it's not a progression. You know, you're not like a tadpole and then you become a frog and then you go fly and then you become a monkey, you know, kind of a thing. It's um, evolution is when you adapt, there's a, there's a lot of dead ends. <laughs> there's a lot of times it doesn't work out at all and you just get wiped off the face of the planet uh and that's that's what the game kind of replicates you know sometimes it works a lot of times it doesn't work and you find out really quickly if uh if you've adapted well to the environment or not yeah that's super super cool i love i, I know i mentioned to you when i was creating a lesson plan for the game i loved looking at the cause and effect in the game too um but i want to get to the game the education edition in a minute maybe we'll look at north star games and then go into the digital and then look specifically at the education edition before we do that, can you tell us about a time you learned something through a game or playing a game? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I'm going to go back to uh, a, a game I got obsessed with a while ago, very common game out there, I think, was poker. <laughs> and I say that just because one thing with that game is you definitely learn that there are things outside of your control and you've got you've to just accept it sometimes. Um, and that, that's a lesson that's been pretty applicable to life, I would say. And that, you know, you can do what you can, but sometimes things are going to work out. Sometimes they're not. Um, and I think that kind of helps condition you for some of those uh, craziness of life like that, you know. Yeah, I, I think about that right now. You know, our business is applying for one of these, these PPP loans that the government's doing. And we, we have nowhere back. And we're just like kind of crossing our fingers and hoping it comes through. We'll see, you know. But things are out of your control and you got to just hope for the best sometimes. Right. Yeah. And I think I share, share your insight when it comes to poker is is there's there's a lot of bad beats where you, you think you you got the hand and then just know you lose all your chips. <laughs> you can only do do so much. Yeah. Do your best and see what happens. Awesome. That's a that's a good lesson to learn. So you started or you were hired on to help with North Star digital games. What is North Star North Star games i guess what is what is that all about what are some games or experiences someone might feel if they play one of your games you bet uh so north star games 
I'd say the main thing we go through, we go for with our games is just a, a highly polished experience of a game that's pretty easy to learn as much as possible. We try to strip away all the rules to just get to, okay, what's fun, what's interesting about this, this experience. And so we, we spend an inordinate amount of time on every game we do. Uh, in fact, when I, I talked to peers in the game industry, they're like, you guys spend years on every single game? Because a lot of companies will release multiple games in a year, you know, or a dozen games in a year. And we'll go two or three years and work on one game and come out with it. Uh, and what we're trying to do there is just really, we, you know, polish every rule we can, take out every rule we can to make the game a little bit simpler, a little more straightforward. You know, the, the holy grail of games, I think, is a game that's easy to learn. You can get people into it as quickly as possible. The rules all make sense. They're all, they all are what you expect the rules to be. It's intuitive. It matches the theme of the game. But then there's a lot of depth once you get into the game. There's a lot of play there. And you can, as you learn more, you go, oh, wow, there's extra layers here. I didn't really realize you kind of peel back that onion. And it, it, it gives you that uh, engagement you know, for hours and hours down the road, and there's more to learn as you get into it. And that's what we go for with our games, both our social games and our educational games that we do. Yeah, I remember when I first played Evolution, it was it was a little intimidating at first, but as soon as I started going through the rules, it felt very intuitive and easy to grasp how to play the game. And my wife and I kind of didn't really have any questions as we went through playing the game and had a lot of fun with that, too. That's one thing that it took us forever to develop with this game, but people tend to enjoy about it, is it's pretty uh, it's pretty thematically bound. You know, we we try to make sure that every rule we put in follows the rules of nature. You know, like for example, you have to eat to survive. If you don't eat, you starve. You know, a carnivore can only eat meat food; it can't eat plant food. To attack someone, you have to be larger in body size than they are. You know, the law of the food chain; these kind of things. So we tried as much as possible to make every single one of those relevant, and that that was a very difficult design challenge. You know, most of our most games, most of our peers are like, "Oh, it's magic!" You know, the person just conjures up five new whatever. And yeah, we we tried to make sure that we were very grounded in the rules of biologists helping us. It was grounded in the the rules of nature as we developed it. Yeah, and I think that's what's so appealing with the game for a game based resource or for a learning resource. There's a lot of thematic relationships in the game to the real world and I, they're very apparent in the game but the one thing that that i had looked at in designing the lesson plan you have the food and the, at times there's a lot of food in the middle and you have a bunch of species growing but as soon as that food starts to go diminish a lot of species are dying off and that's like a super great parallel to what it's like in a actual ecosystem too it's a it's a well-balanced ecosystem which is kind of fun you know you'll have times when there's lots of food and so species start developing everywhere and you start seeing all these species pop up and then a carnivore will come out you know a couple of carnivores will come out because there are all these defensive species and they they eat them all down but then all the species start bulking up on defenses and they're all very well defended and the carnivores start to go extinct um and so you see the the, the ecosystem kind of ebb and flow and I, 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 my favorite part of the game, there's always this uh, kind of aha moment. It's, you know, it's an inflection point at some point where somebody's kind of taking a certain strategy and they're doing really well. You know, maybe they've got a good little cooperation engine eating machine going where all their species are just eating from the watering hole and taking huge amounts of food. And all of a sudden the watering hole runs dry. And they're like, 
oh shoot <laughs> i wasn't ready for this <laughs> and it's a great uh it's a great moment when all of a sudden the world changes like all right now you gotta yeah you gotta change and adapt for a different environment or else you're in trouble right yeah i think there's there was one game where i had it i had balanced it just perfect to where kind of made it to the end with very minimal species dying off and was able to really grow my species but it's it's a tough balance between i guess adding more species to your type of animal and adding new animals and how much food they need to eat. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun that, that back and forth, you're kind of playing with your strategy. Exactly. It, that's one nice thing about the game. It takes a long time to master and you start to realize there's a lot of different little different pathways to success. There's not one thing you can do that will always guarantee success. You've got to balance it to what your opponents are doing and where the ecosystem's going. Awesome. So there is we're kind of talking about the board game, but as well as the digital game, it's very similar in my experience. It's been a lot of this. I mean, it's exactly the same as far as rules, right? Am I, am I missing something that's different? Or maybe you can help share what is the same, what's different and what the experience kind of parallels. Yeah. Yeah. The rules are exactly the same. We try with the digital game to really enhance the core game so yeah it follows the same rules but we could do things you can't do in the real world like you know we could lead you on this guided journey of exploration of teaching the game you know we have a host there that can hold your hand to teach you and then showing the different playing styles too one thing we saw with the game is a lot of times people will kind of you know we're all creatures of comfort you kind of get comfortable with one style and playing a certain way and people will think okay that's you know that's kind of how you play the game and we had the opportunity with these different personalities that we made. We made these these different uh, opponents who played different ways to show people different styles of play and to show them the different ways you can survive and thrive in the game, which was really fun, too. It was really eye-opening for a lot of people. They're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you could you could do that. You know, you could win just using the manipulating the food supply, for example, and that kind of thing. Some people are very pacifist. They like to have a very non-aggressive strategy and just kind of their own little eating machine and that works well you know some people are very aggressive but then they realize that's not a very efficient way to eat either you know it's all about just what's the most efficient way to survive so it was kind of fun we could highlight some of the different aspects of the game that way we could we could manipulate the game a little bit too we put in some challenges where we we require you to to try different ways of playing and go for different goals different objectives which is kind of fun um so it, it gives us a little more leeway to play around with the game and the rules a little bit more yeah, and I guess I want to go back to the the idea of those different strategies and having a bit of fun with that in the game. It's it's a lot of a lot of it's a blast to be able to kind of experiment a bit in the digital game as well. It's much less painful. You can get through it <laughs> a lot faster. Less less consequences. Put it that way than having your uh, you know if it's just the AI being up on you and say your brother, then you can accept that. Right. Right. <laughs> So what were maybe some challenges moving it into the digital space? And then we'll go into talking about the education edition. You know, I think the main one was just how incredibly difficult it was to make the game simple, to make it just intuitive and obvious what you need to do and, and how to play. And it's hard to describe. It's one of those things where after you create the game and go to play it, you're like, oh, man, I wish this motion was like this. or I wish I could just do this. It'd be so much simpler. And so you do that and you spend, you know, we spent a lot of time refining the game and the game elements to get to that point. I, I think at one point I went through and counted our, our species badge, you know, like the core player marker in the game. We ended up doing 64 different revisions of that dang thing. 
to get it just to the right point where it looked awesome, it gave you the information you need the right way, and you have to interact with it too. It had a lot of different criteria we're trying to fulfill with the same game object. Uh, so we, we ended up spending a lot of revisions on that. And we did that with quite a few of the things to get to everything where it just felt natural, intuitive. It felt like you're playing with a physical game. And we ended up changing the look of the game quite a bit from what it is in tabletop to fit your screen, make it look cool on a screen. You know, we wanted to have a nice kind of over-the-shoulder appeal. And that, that took us a long time. Doing things digitally is a lot harder than physically. It's kind of counterintuitive. You know, most people are like, oh, it's digital. It should be easy, right? It's just so virtual. It was actually a lot more difficult to get it to work just like we wanted, you know, get all the bugs out, get all get it get it working seamlessly and get to our standard that we had and that we had for the game digitally than than it is physically. Right. And the the art too, you mentioned just creating that and putting it into a digital interface. It's super, super beautiful. And I know I'm not the only one that thinks that way because I see that as a very common comment about the digital game is the the I guess aesthetic feel of the digital environment you know i think we've gotten so lucky with our artists i feel like we have two of the uh the the best artists in the world working for us we've got you know Catherine hamilton did the core watercolor art for the game that just looks amazing and then our artist for the digital game brie woodward did all the art for the digital game the look of the watering hole and the pieces and everything it just looks astounding i really think she's just one of the best in, in the business at and bringing this world to life and, and making it look pretty yet be be a great interactive and uh, easy to understand what's going on. Yeah, I feel like we got really lucky there. They are came out really nice. Yeah, I noticed there's some avatars too that are accessible now as part of the digital game, which look really cool too. We we end up hiding a, hiding a lot of extra pieces of art and cookies in there. Yeah, you can. We've got a a system in the game. When you first come into the game, you start off as a lowly intern. And you work your way up to a biology student, and then you go up like the academic ladder. You know, I think all of our, our teachers out there will be familiar with it. You work your way through college and postgraduate and become a professor. And eventually, you work your way up to Nobel Laureate um, by winning games within the game. You know, once you make Nobel Laureate, we have special avatars that you can earn uh, to kind of show off your, your prowess and your success. And we, yeah, we had a lot of fun putting those in there. And then we, we also did, uh, we, we had some, some little cookies in there. We, um, we had a lot of requests for people to see that they're creatures they created in the game. Because in the game, we have you know thousands and thousands of different species you create by combining traits. And so you can combine these traits on species in just a myriad of ways. And we, first, we actually played around with trying to like, trying to, to, to morph the character in the game to represent that. And it just didn't look very good at all. So what we did is we had our artists go and um, hand draw a bunch of different of uh, these combinations. And they, they look awesome. And so if you, while you're playing the game, if you make one of these combinations that has a uh, drawing for it, it, it triggers a little cookie and pops up at the end of the game and shows you a, uh, a visualization of what this creature could look like. Some of those are pretty cool. They're fun. So people have had a lot of fun going through and discovering those. You don't know them in advance. You got to just as you play, you, you'll, uh, you'll randomly trip some of these sometimes and pop them up. And I think there's some internet lists out there now with them on them. But yeah, that's been really fun. That's so cool because I know when I play the board game, I kind of like I create these characters or these animal with these different traits, character traits, and I'm really imagining what the animal looks like in my head. And it's pretty cool. You can do that in the digital game. 
Uh, I I really enjoy like the you know your your long necked burr or big fatty fat tissue you know sitting underground popping his long neck up to take a bite and then down there in his hole things like that yeah there's some unusual ones in the game for sure awesome so let's maybe talk about the education edition too so I was super thrilled to be able to help get the word out about this game and happy we had connected at PAX Unplugged what was kind of the background for why this came about and why you wanted to do this yeah so i mean obviously this is not you know we're relative newcomers to education space and we kind of got pulled there by our our fans and teachers we've we've had a lot of teachers come to us and say oh my gosh this is awesome i'd love to be able to use it in the classroom you know i like that it's just a it's a simulation of natural selection and action as opposed to you know a textbook or a reading from the rules so we don't come to the education space like, okay, hey, we're going to, you know, here's a topic and we're going to teach it. It's okay, here's here's the environment, here's the game. Playing through the game teaches you that naturally. And so we had a lot of teachers asking about it. Hey, well, we'd love to use this. Can you help us? You know, they needed a couple of things to be able to use it in the classroom. So that, and we're like, yeah, that this seems like a very natural fit. And it, at first it was like, hey, we're busy. You know, this is not really our thing. We got lots of other things going on. We've had so many teachers asking about it. We're like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. And a lot of students getting excited about it too. So we, we changed to fit schools a lot better. Um, you know, one of the first things that they needed was to make it a premium version of the game so that it worked with the, the volume purchase system that schools use and the way they put apps and stuff on, on computers and iPads and Chromebooks. Uh, so we did that. We changed the, the account management system in the game so multiple people could use the same computer. So you're going to have a client, you know. All day long classes, the students come through. They have their own login, so they can chart their own way through the uh, through the campaign and their own, you know, number of sketches that they unlocked and how tires they got and those kind of things. So the students get really excited about that. And then we put lots of uh, lots of tips from nature in the game. And so, like for example, at the beginning of a, a hole that talks about pack hunting. It talks about pack hunting in nature and and how this is fascinating learning about. I mean, how like coordinated the attack patterns of lions are you know and every single member of the pride has its own distinct role based on seniority and experience of the pride and these kind of things you know and it, there's wings there's a center and then there's one that lies in the center to ambush while the wings go out and flush the uh, antelope towards that waiting ambush spot and it's just fascinating how well they coordinate and how distinct those roles are so we we put examples of that into the game at the beginning and end of every game for to, to talk about and for students to, to correlate okay this happened in the game and this is what it looks like in, in actual nature so that was a lot of fun that's super awesome i know i had mentioned i love the board game and i love that you have a digital version of it too because i think that there's a i guess higher level of access for teachers to use in their classrooms and i know my background is not in science but I was able to put together a lesson plan that meets some next generation science standards by looking at cause and effect for uh, more geared towards middle school learners. But I know that there's a lot of potential in the game for other lesson plans and other learning outcomes that also align with the next generation science standards. So maybe I would make a call to any science teachers who have used evolution or who have played evolution. Maybe they can see of ways that it can be used in science classrooms too. I think that there's a lot of lot of potential there too. Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of uh, biology professors get really excited about it and uh, the different potential here. So we're pretty excited to see how how the community uses it. So you mentioned, I know I've talked to you previously about 
evolution and it being used as a good simulation. What are maybe could you provide any like examples that you've talked to some teachers or I know you mentioned Nature Magazine looked at it as well at one point. Yeah, that was that was really uh, exciting. Yeah, Professor Oxford we found was just using it in his classrooms at Oxford University. We're like, oh wow, this is this is fascinating. And oh yeah, one of the pieces he really liked about that was how well it it illustrated this concept of natural selection and the balance in the ecosystem. That if any one element got a little bit out of balance, it was a self-correcting ecosystem. And you know, for example, if it, it, the, one of the objects of the game is to make a bunch of species to be able to, to thrive to eat more food and as you start making more species you have a lot of vulnerable species and so you'll see carnivores start to evolve around the modern and your opponents will start to go carnivore and suddenly it thins the species out so those species will start to evolve defenses and so now you've got a lot of really heavily fortified defended species and the carnivores start to starve out and die out because they can't attack anybody and then, and so now there starts to be a lot of food in the middle because there's no species left, and so lots of small species start to come out again. And so you see these patterns and these uh, these different waves of balance kind of go through the ecosystem, which is a lot of fun. That's that's the thing that uh, one of the things he called out is a really interesting aspect of the game is that there's no rules around you know how many of any one thing you can make or what direction you take. It just tends to kind of self-correct and balance as the different players take take the game that direction. Really awesome. I know that when I play it with my wife, you're describing the game experience and there's that tension where we kind of notice each other maybe having a lot of a species and one of us is maybe making a plan to build a carnivore and we both flip over our carnivore at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my favorite experiences in the game, a lot of, uh, a lot of players love to do a carnivore because it's such a, uh, it's an, you know, it's an iconic trade and it's pretty exciting. There's regression. I love when the carnivore comes out and everybody else is defended and the poor carnivore just can't eat anything. There's all this food in the middle. There's all this plant food there and the poor carnivore is going hungry because it can't attack anybody, it can't eat the plant food. It's a, it's a very high-risk proposition. So it's a very powerful move, but it's also a very risky move, you know, because uh, it's not easy being a carnivore. You gotta, it takes a lot of energy to survive. It takes a lot of energy to hunt and to, to constantly find meat. And that's definitely represented in the game. A lot of times carnivores won't last more than a few uh, generations as uh, the rest of the, the population develops defenses and develops ways to protect themselves. Right, right. Awesome. So, Scott, before we go into our final segment, would you share maybe a last word about Evolution Education Edition to teachers maybe who are on the fence thinking about using it for their classroom or thinking about it, bringing it into their class, whether it's after school program or as part of their lesson plan? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, we're a little bit different, I think, than some education software that's looking to teach directly to the you know the core curriculum and uh, has a certain topic in mind. This is more of an experiential learning where they're learning through simulation and they're they're learning by actually playing. And our approach to simulate to education, I think, is more people are going to remember and what's going to stick is what's interesting and engaging. And that's that's one place we're really focused with this game is to make sure it's a really exciting, fun game first and foremost. So it, it encompasses the learning aspect and it's built into every aspect of the game. You're learning while you're playing, 
but it doesn't necessarily feel like a teaching game because you're thinking about, oh, cool, how can I adapt my species? I think we're going to run out of food next round. Maybe I should grow a long neck so I can go reach food in the trees. Or I think I see a carnivore coming. Maybe I'll adapt climbing so I can go climb, climb up a tree and hide from that carnivore. These kind of things. So I always trying to think about, okay, how can I stay one step ahead? And it's definitely, it makes the game exciting and engaging. And we see that with kids. You know, they want to come back and play. They want to come back and, and talk about it as opposed to something where it's, it's pretty obvious they're being spoon-fed and they, they have to kind of go through and digest and learn this thing, you know. And so hopefully what you'll see is your students get really excited about this and naturally explore the different aspects of evolution and natural selection from it as opposed to kind of feeling like they're being, they're being pushed through it. Right, I think you're 100% on the right track as far as education and that philosophy because – a lot of our guests who come on the show that talk about maybe a learning experience and the learning experience has to do with being back in school. A lot of us remember those engaging, fun experiences that we learned through, through a game. And that's something that we know as a teacher, our students are thinking about and processing outside of the classroom. So really cool. All right. So let's head into the final segment. So this is a thumbs up, thumbs down, quick lightning round. give you a statement and just give me a thumbs up and brief explanation why or thumbs down and brief explanation why not all right all right hopefully you can hear my thumb through the microphone (laughs) so we'll start with one because a lot of us are indoors and i know my experience has been pretty good with this but we'll see how how maybe you feel about it remote board games (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I gotta go with thumbs up on that. That's that's <laughs> one of the core of our game. That's, in fact, we just uh, on on the normal on the regular board game today, we just decided just to turn the multiplayer free for everybody. Not just just because we felt like okay, this is something we can do. You know, we're in games. We're not in hospitals on the front lines doing great work that you know the doctors are doing. So we're like, oh, we'll do what we can do, and we made the multiplayer free for everybody, so you can play private or public games or whatever. Yeah, so we think it's I think it's a great way right now to interact with friends, play, have fun. You know, get on a Skype call, play, yeah, play some remote board games. I, I love it. You know, I've got to, yeah, I, I play with uh, some friends and, and my family quite a bit that way. Really enjoy it. Awesome. So. The next one, you are a veteran board gamer, it sounds like, since you've been playing since college. And I know a lot of board gamers have mixed feelings about these type of games. So, Candyland and Shoots and Ladders. <laughs> you know, we always joked about doing a digital version of Candyland with an AI, and it would just play itself, so you just sit there and watch the game be played. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm afraid I'm going to have to get a thumbs down. Simply because, I mean, the definition of a game is you have to have choice. And, you know, unfortunately, Candyland's using ladders, you don't have any choice. It's, it's an activity. You go through and you do what it tells you to do, you know, which is great. It's a good way to start learning some of these following rules and stuff. But it doesn't qualify as a game. It qualifies, you know, there's, there's some great early games out there that do that and still give a little bit of choice, give kids a little bit of chance to make decisions and start interacting. So, yeah, it not quite crosses the game threshold. All right. <laughs> And the next one, or the last one, I guess, Magic the Gathering. Ooh, that's a tough one. Ah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give it a tentative thumbs up, simply because the feeling it evokes of, uh, you know, of the power of trade cards and being able to, to add these cards down to the playing field and modify the environment is, is it's pretty awesome. It's fun, and it's actually where a lot of the roots for evolution 
came from. Uh, Dominic was a professional magic player himself. And one of his desires was to bring that in a lot more accessible theme and a lot something more approachable than this kind of magic fantasy world, you know, and these these big brawny guys and uh, everything, you know, swinging swords. And they just like, no, I, you know, that, that doesn't work for me. And so that's one thing we try to do with evolution is bring that the fun of using these different traits to modify your player to make it a lot more accessible theme and something not not such a huge world that we, you know requires buying hundreds of cards and packs and stuff like that and make it all in one close set so yeah it's it's a great game but it's a lifestyle game you got <laughs> you got to invest a lot of money and spend a lot of time to be able to understand it and get to the point where you can play it and uh, i think that makes it that makes it kind of a we call it a kind of a boys in the basement game you know we wanted to try to make a little more accessible games than that all right, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know I learned a lot from your experience through North Star Games and how you came up with the education at Evolution Education Edition. So if someone wanted to either reach out to you or find Evolution, the board game, or the Education Edition, where might they find that? The best place to go is probably our website, evolutionvideogame.com. And when you go there, there'll be an education page. And so evolutionvideogame.com right now on our homepage, you'll see the big education and, and more about where you can find the download links to that. Or you can email me directly. I'm scott at northstargames.com, northstargames.com, uh, scott with two Ts. And I'd love to hear from you, interact with you. If you've got ideas on game development or to say what we could have done better with our games, I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we like to hear some ideas from the community. We have a Discord as well, Evolution Video Game or Evolution Board Game Discord. It's a great place to reach me and chat there too. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Scott. Hey, thanks, Dustin. It's been really fun. This has been It's been a fun journey for us doing this education project for this past year or so and getting this out and kind of learning about this space a little bit more as well as what teachers really need to, to work in the classroom and to make things work. And uh, I'm really hopeful that this really fits well in a lot of curriculums and a lot of students really get a, get a little surge of inspiration from this. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Dustin. Again, thank you for tuning in this week to BoardGameWithEducation.com. We are coming up to episode 100. If you have any suggestions on how we should cover episode 100, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear your suggestions. We have some ideas in mind, but we are open to anything else that you might like to hear for episode 100. So again, podcast at BoardGameWithEducation.com. As always, thank you for listening and teach better, learn more, and Go play some games. Thank you for listening in this week. If you like what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time. <laughs>